Cashflow Guys Podcast, Episode 25. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived at episode 25. In this episode, we're going to talk about something a little different today. We're going to roll all the way back to the beginning. A lot of our listeners have been talking to us about, well, Tyler, this is great. Everything you're teaching us is great. The problem is I literally don't have any money to get started in real estate investing. You know, I'm just shy of that $100,000 to buy that $100,000 house. And folks, I know what the gurus will tell you that, oh, you can get started today for $797. That's all you got to do is to get pay that $797 for the first course that leads to the $5,000 course that leads to the $10,000 course and on and on and on and on and on. And well, you know, how do you even get started? How do you get to that first piece of property? Now, I don't care what the gurus say. You're going to need some money to get started in this. Now, you don't need $100,000 to buy the $100,000 house, but you are going to need some money. Let's be realistic. So let's just forget about, put that out of our mind for a second, that you you need absolutely no money. Even our very first deals, yes, we got it with no money down. We didn't have to pay any closing costs. We walked away from the closing table with a check. But here's the thing. It took time, right? And during the time that we were uh, researching the properties and finding the right property that made sense. We had to support ourselves, had to pay our bills, whatnot. So, you know, let's, let's be realistic in the fact that you're going to need some money to do what you're trying to do to accomplish what you want to accomplish. So that's what this episode's about. We're going to talk about how to make quick cash to start investing. Now, again, quick cash. No, you're not going to make twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 overnight. This is quick cash, small amounts of money, that you need to buy, for example, bandit signs, marketing materials. If you're going to do direct mail, all that stuff, you know, doesn't fall like manna from the heavens. It's going to cost some money. You're going to have to invest something to get started. And this episode is going to be about exactly that. How to go a few ideas, things that I've actually done in the past to make that extra money I needed to get started on investing. We're going to start right at the very beginning. We're going to talk about the buy side. Okay, you, you know, this episode is about finding something, finding a problem, just like we talk about in real estate. This time it's going to be a tangible thing. It's going to be something of value, something you can reach and touch, not a house. Let's think small for a second. Uh, let's talk about, let's say, a, a lawnmower, something like that. You shine it up a little bit. You buy it right. You buy it for, I don't know, 20, 40, 50 bucks. You doll it up real nice. You put it out in the front yard and you sell it for 150. Now you've made your hundred bucks. That's what this episode's going to be going to be about. And we're going to break it in. I'm going to show you guys how to make, I don't know, let's say, let's set a goal of $5,000. 
And uh, because these are things that I've done in the past that actually do work, and some of them may come as a bit of a surprise, things that you never really thought about. So where do we buy the stuff that we want to fix up and resell? How do we get, you know, where do we go out and look for opportunities to make a deal? You know, the very first one is right in front of you. It's garage sales. Now, you're going to be a real estate investor. You're going to need to learn how to negotiate. And the best way to get your practice is to get out in front of people face to face. This is what the stuff that Larry Harbold talks about in uh, his courses is he's a face to face guy. He's a kitchen table guy. He sits down at the kitchen table and negotiates with these folks. Going to a garage sale is a great way to do it. Number one, you've got an audience. Okay. So you want pressure. There's your pressure. You're going to have to learn how to work under pressure. Same thing. If you're going to go to a seller's house and, and negotiate with them over buying their house or getting terms or whatever, you can rest assured that they're going to have their uncle, their cousin, their their kids. Somebody's going to be listening in. So you're going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. This is a great way to do it. I want you to go to a garage sale. I want you to find something that's worth, say, $200. And I want you to set yourself a goal to walk out of there to get it between 20 and 50 bucks. And when I say it's worth $200, $200 used, not new. It should be worth four or $500 brand new. I want you to go in there and negotiate a significant discount. 20 to $50 is your goal. Okay. By doing that, you're going to learn a lot of things about yourself. You're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel like a, 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 a cheapo, El Cheapo. It's going to bother you. You're going to have to get comfortable and develop that muscle to get used to this. This is the this is where you're going to gain your negotiating power because, folks, I'm here to tell you, if you cannot learn how to negotiate, you are going to fail miserably at real estate investing. Okay? So you're not out burning those solid leads when, in, with, when you're dealing with a house. Instead, focus on the small stuff. Start somewhere. Get out there this weekend. Go to garage sales. Start learning how to build a rapport with the people that are hosting the garage sale. Maybe tell a couple jokes, not knock, knock jokes, but walking up and saying something corny, like I'm here to buy the garage. Who knows? Gets people smiling and takes them they're at ease. People at garage sales are automatically a little bit uh, on edge when they're at their, you know, people are coming to their home, sorting through their junk. Some people are there to negotiate and to them, it's a sport uh, to other people. It, you know, it, it's a, it's an emotional experience for people at a garage sale, for the people selling at the garage sale. So that's one. It's a great way to learn how to deal with people. You're going to have to get good at learning how to deal with people. So let's go into Craigslist. Now, negotiating over the phone, whole separate part of strat, whole different strategy there. Because you're not face-to-face, -face, they can't see your facial expressions. If you're a little bit introverted and, this, and the face-to-face -face thing is not your cup of tea early on, maybe start on Craigslist. Get used to being good on the phone. A lot of the sales work that you do as a real estate investor is going to be over the phone. You're going to deal with uh, sellers and buyers from out of state, different parts of the country, different parts of the world. You're going to have to get used to being good on the phone. I think personally that being good on the phone or working on the phone is the easiest thing to do. Okay. Another way to find opportunity, go on eBay, find items, stay away from electronics. I'll tell you that right now. Think about what you're good at, what you know, what you enjoy. Are you a sportsman? Do you like fishing? Do you like scuba diving? Um, do you know about campers and RVs, things like that? Think about, find some items that you are feel confident that you understand the value on. I'm going to give you an example. I used to buy RV 
stoves, you know, the motorhome camp or whatever. The stove that was in those things, people are always scrapping RVs. Because what I've learned is by doing a little bit of research, a little bit of reading on eBay, if you buy a stove from a RV, that is the exact same stove that they put in a boat. Okay. So I used to buy those stoves on eBay for about 50 to 100 bucks. And of course, it's a stove, it's on a pallet, it's, it's big and heavy and, and whatnot. But I would tell the seller, listen, I'm going to buy this thing. I would email them and say, I'm going to buy this thing from you if I'm the winning bidder, but I want you to hold it after the auction. I'm going to tell you where to ship it after the auction. I'm going to have it uh, shipped to someone else to have it serviced or whatever. So you buy it, you go on the RV section of eBay, and you find boat stoves, or I'm sorry, you find RV stoves. Then go over, get a couple makes and models, go over to the boating side and research that same make and model. What you will probably find is those makes and models that sell for a hundred or two hundred dollars on the uh, RV side sell for four, five hundred dollars on the boating side. And here's the thing, folks: it's the same thing. Boaters are gonna pay top dollar for that kind of stuff. So that's one great idea. Going to flea markets, same thing. Now, flea markets lately, at least in my area, in the Tampa Bay area, flea markets are uh, primarily are full of a, a bunch of garbage, a bunch of the Chinese-made cheap stuff. But from time to time, you see people having a private sale, you might find some opportunity there. You know, your friends, here's a great resource to get stuff to sell that doesn't cost you a dime. Go and start selling on consignment for some of your friends. You know, that guy that's got that car in the garage that he's never going to fix, he keeps saying he's going to fix it. You know, this is kind of dirty pool, but next time you're over at his house for dinner and beers and his wife is sitting there, you bring it up to him and say, hey, you know, that car that's been sitting in the garage, are, are you interested in selling that by chance? And of course he's going to say no, but his wife is going to kick him under the table, get it out of her garage. Maybe you can put that thing on eBay or sell it for them on Craigslist or put a sign in the yard, whatever, but that's where you're going to start getting some practice negotiating. And what is your cost of acquisition when you're selling somebody else's stuff? Well, of course, it's zero. Another great way to find opportunity on Craigslist and on eBay is, let's use the boat the uh, boat stove analogy. People often misspell model names, often, very often. If there's a model number, they transpose the numbers. Start searching on eBay and Craigslist for other people's mistakes. That's where you're going to find opportunity. Going back to the garage sale thing, it's great negotiating, but here's another thing. For you to be successful as a negotiator, you're going to have to learn to spread the word that you're a real estate investor. People need to understand that you're a real estate investor. The more people you tell, sing it to the heavens, tell everybody that you are a real estate investor. Okay? Once you start spreading the word, people are going to start bringing opportunity to you. Hey, my cousin's uncle's Larry's Jim's cousin, sister Mike, has it thinking about selling their house. Well, that's great. So... Maybe you go talk to them and find out maybe it's a retail deal, for example, and it's nothing that you can do. You can't flip it. You can't wholesale it. They want retail. That's great. But at some point, you may want comps or you may uh, need some help selling a property. So maybe if you give that information to a realtor friend that you need to make, by the way, make friends with a local realtor, one that gets real estate investing, flip that lead to them. No, they can't monetarily pay you. It's against the law for them to pay you for that lead. However, it's worth a million dollars in favors. Okay. When you're buying this stuff, take the time to, and this is all little little stuff. I'm talking about under 200 bucks. Everybody can come up with 200 bucks. If you can't come up with 200 bucks, then just give up on real estate altogether. You're never going to make it. 
let's be realistic. Everybody, if they really want it bad enough, you can come up with 200 bucks. You can turn 200 bucks exponentially over time, time and time and time again. You just got to keep motivated. Same thing in real estate. Going back to values, use eBay as a great resource. Look at search eBay for what you're trying to buy and then resell, buy and flip. Go on eBay. Let's say you're back to the boat stoves and do some research on completed items. Down in the left-hand column when you're on eBay, you can check the box showing completed and sold items and you can see what the market bears for an item. Okay, It's a great way of doing research. Think of it like comps for, well, junk. Now, once you get it, you've you've acquired something. Okay, Let's talk about, let's use boat stoves, for example. Now, what I did with the boat stoves in most cases was I would have it the seller hold on to it and then i would have the seller ship it to whoever i sold it for so example if i bought a i'm going to throw up a name like a a, a print they called them princess stoves i bought a princess stove that was in an old rv and it's in really good shape and i take those same pictures i put it on ebay in the boat section i resell it i buy it for 200 i resell it for 650 and those are real numbers i actually did that several times doesn't need any work, whatnot. You take basically the same verbiage from the ad. You put it on the boat section. Now it sells. The guy pays you, whoever buys it, or girl, whoever buys it, pays you on PayPal. And then you pay the seller, and you have the seller ship it to that person's address. Talk about a perfect flip. You don't even have to take inventory or take control of the item. However, let's say, for example, the seller isn't willing to do that. Let's say they're pretty strict on the uh, PayPal rules. PayPal rules say that something has to be shipped that has to go to the buyer's address of record. That's fine. Let's say it gets shipped to you. Well, that's going to eat into your profit a little bit. Not a big deal. When you do get it, go ahead and tidy it up a little bit. Make sure you clean it real well. When you're buying all this used stuff, sporting goods, whatever, clean it. When you get it, it's probably dirty. You should be looking. Opportunity comes in things that are ugly and dirty. If you find something perfect, unless the person's about ready to go broke, well, you know, think twice about that and uh, find stuff that really is ugly that nobody else wants. Clean it up real nice. Doll it up. Once you get it cleaned up, take top-notch photographs. Don't use a 1970s or 1990s flip phone. Use your friend's iPhone if you don't have one, but find a good phone that has a good camera in it. Take some good photographs. Use one of those editing apps. There's a million of them out there on iTunes and um, the uh, Google Play Store. Get an editing app to clean up those photographs real good. And if you see imperfections in the photographs, fix the imperfections. Not, I'm not talking about Photoshop, but I'm talking about if there's a blemish or something on the item. Fix it if it's not too big of a deal. And then reshoot the photographs. Don't cut corners here, folks. This is important. Do not cut corners in this. Doing it right the first time is going to keep your customers coming back. It's going to keep people happy. If you plan on flipping or wholesaling houses... You need to be under the same guidelines. If you're going to be a landlord, you're going to buy a property and rent it out to people. Don't do a lousy job. Don't cut corners on things. Do the work right. Make it pop. When people walk in, they look at the place go, wow, it says that the owner cares. That's the kind of stuff you want to be doing. Okay. Now we're going to get on to the resale part. First of all, as a real estate investor, you're going to have to learn how to do marketing. You're going to have to get good at marketing because if you have a great opportunity, let's say you're going to do a wholesale opportunity, you need to attract buyers to it. Now, as I've said before, if you are out there wholesaling or flipping properties without fixing them, assigning contracts, whatever name you want to put to it this week, you should already have a buyer's list. You should be out finding houses for buyers, not finding buyers for houses. 
let's say that you're a rehabber and you you fix the property up nice. Be smart. Go out and find a rock star real estate agent that sells rehabbed properties, nice properties, for top dollar and pay them. Okay, they will do the marketing for you. But let's say you're cheap and stubborn and you already have all the answers to life. Then you need to absolutely figure out how to be a master at marketing, absolute master marketing. You have to attract a ton of buyers to that property. What you want to create is an auction-like environment. You want people fighting over what you have to offer, okay? The same thing applies with the boat stoves, with the, the John boat that you buy from your neighbor next door, with your Uncle Harry's car. You need to attract a lot of buyers. You have to learn how to attract a lot of buyers to the item that you're looking to sell. I don't care whether you're selling Beanie Babies or you're selling apartment buildings. You have to learn how to attract a lot of buyers. Okay? So now you've got all the answers to life as far as it comes to that. You are at the negotiating stage. Now, on the, the beginning of this, at the buy cycle, you were negotiating the price down. Now you are, you are in the offensive mode, let's say. Now, in this case, you're going to be in the defensive mode because, let me tell you, the buyers... They're going to beat you up, and they're going to beat you up good. They're going to say insulting things. People have no manners, no scruples anymore. They're going to insult you. They're going to make you feel bad. But here's the thing. You need to learn how to be thick-skinned, so you need to suck it up, buttercup. That's just how it works. You need to suck it up, take your, take your lumps, and learn. Use this as a learning opportunity. Take different approaches at how you deal with different people. The million different ways to do that. One of them is matching. If somebody is sweet and kind, don't come at them like a pit bull. Come at them sweet and, and, and cuddly. Treat them like your grandmother. A great tip that I got last weekend from Larry Harbold, when you're dealing with a difficult person, think about somebody in your family that you'd like to strangle that is always mean to you. You have to learn how to deal with them. Think, Envision that person. Okay, When you think of somebody in your family that's tough, that's strict, whatever, you still love them because they're family and you don't beat them about the head and shoulders with your clipboard. Think of that person, that buyer, that seller, whoever you're dealing with, like that family member. Treat them with the same amount of respect, period. Don't get into dialogue back and forth, be negative, whatnot. But to some degree, pace them a little bit. Match their mannerisms without being disrespectful, just like you would with a relative. Now, those of you out there that don't respect your elders, don't respect your relatives, you're going to have a hard time with this. And, well, I guess that's mom and dad's fault, but it is what it is. When it comes to the resale, you have to be able to show the buyer value. And to be able to do that, you're going to need to do your research. We'll go right back to the eBay example. Let's say you buy something locally, uh, back to the boat oven. You buy it, it's at your house now. You need to print out the auction results on the sell side showing that the that the the whatever the item is the boat stove let's say is worth what you are selling it for show that buyer that hey man i can put this on ebay and get this for it but i'm offering it for twenty dollars cheaper now it would be unfortunate if you couldn't buy it at this price and you wound up having to pay more and you had to pay shipping to have it shipped into you think about that this person was willing to pay here on eBay was willing to pay $600 and shipping. Well, that's another $150. So if they're going to pay 800 and 150 shipping. Now we're at 950. Huh? 
you start having dialogues like that, you're educating your buyer. Think about where the price is going to go. And I certainly am here to tell you that it's not going to go down. Okay, it's going to go up. Different venues that you can use to sell stuff. Think about Amazon. Amazon is a great source, and I'll tell you why. People pay a premium to shop on Amazon. I'm one of them. I, because I know on Amazon, I am going to get stellar customer service. It, no matter what it is, if it shows up and I don't like it, they'll return it. No matter what, there is essentially no buyer's risk at all on Amazon. eBay, not so much. However, Amazon has that reputation. If you do the statistics, check the numbers. Things will usually sell much higher on Amazon than they will on eBay. And for that very reason, the Amazon buyer is a different buyer than the eBay buyer. And yes, I get that some people shop on Amazon and eBay, and, and I'm one of them. However, I tend to lean towards Amazon because the customer service is so absolutely exceptional. No matter what I don't, I mean, I'll say it again, well, no matter what you order, you get to return it for the most part. eBay, another great resource. We talked about eBay earlier. Craigslist. And here you go. Bandit signs. Craigslist and bandit signs. Those two things. You have something, let's, let's say that boat stove. You take a bandit sign. You write princess boat stove or whatever it is. You take it down by a marina. Think about knowing your customer. This comes. This applies to being a landlord, being a rehabber, being a wholesaler. You have to know who the end user is. That's your customer. If you're a landlord, that co your end user, your customer is your tenant. So think about these things. Have these things in mind. Bandit signs. You take a bandit sign. You take it down by the marina where the boats are, and you put on there princess boat stove, half of retail value. Call. You put your phone number down. And then uh, when people call, that's your opportunity to practice. Offer Up is an app. It's called Offer Up. It's an app you can get for iPhone or um, the Google phones or the Androids. Offer Up is the thing. It's O F F E R U P. Offer Up app. Download that to your phone. You can use the app to take a photograph with your phone. You can upload it to this Offer Up thing. It allows people to negotiate back and forth with you. It's pretty cool. And, of course, there's always some freaks on there like there are on Craigslist and whatnot, and that just comes, that's just part of the deal. You're going to have to get used to that. But, again, as a real estate investor, you need to learn how to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's not like what you see on TV. It's not like what the gurus tell you. People are going to get in your face. People are going to get mad when you offer them a price that's lower than what they ask. They get offended. They get hurt. Sometimes they lash out. It happens all the time. And really, the, honestly, if you make an offer and people accept it the first go around, well, chances are you didn't offer low enough. But that's another story for another day. But think about what we talked about in this episode. You now take that cash that you made. Let's say that boat stove. In that case, I was selling those routinely for $800. I was buying them for no more than 200 and I was making $600 a spread. How much money can you rack up doing that over and over again? Now, here's the mistake that most people make. They do this. They, they get all wrapped up in this and they lose sight of their real goal where the money is at is in the real estate. It's a numbers game. Okay. You're not going to get rich selling boat stoves on Craigslist and eBay that I assure you. However, you will make a significant amount of cash. You should be easily be able to build your nest egg up to five grand if you focus on things that people want. Think about people love their pets. 
but don't sell kitty con try to sell kitty condos that are used because what is there twenty dollars worth of spread in that not much of a spread another good item that you can resell is uh, outboard motors partner up with a buddy that's a mechanic and us uh, split the profits with them this is a great opportunity to start learning how to do, to, to build relationships with partners you're going to need partners in real estate you're never going to make it really really make it in real estate without partners to some degree so you got to get used to that you're going to need to learn how to build partnerships have those conversations about things that make sense things that may come up and whatnot these are the things that are going to help you in your career this is kind of like taking it's like practice, let's say. It's it's swinging at the ball before the pitcher gets on the mound. Taking taking swings of that golf club before you put the golf club or the golf ball in the tee. These are things that you need to do. You need to develop these muscles, these memory muscles, so you get used to negotiating, being okay with being uncomfortable, being more importantly, being okay with no, not getting mad and storming off like a two-year-old when somebody tells you no or not never, never making another phone call because the first pe- five people you called hung up on you. It's going to happen. It happens to me all the time. People hang up on me all the time. Maybe it has to do with my voice. Who knows? I freak them out. They think I sound like uh, a Wolfman Jack or something, and they, they hang up the phone and, and then run and need counseling, whatever. Bottom line is you got to get out there and start taking action. When you start taking action, you're going to feel more comfortable, more confident. You're always going to feel some degree of being uncomfortable. That comes with the territory. That's something you just get used to. However, I assure you, if you get out there and take massive action, it's going to feel better. I assure you, it will feel better. It's not going to be negative and no all the time. But this, the, the time to get used to this is now starting with this small stuff. Okay. There's not a guru on the planet that's ever talked about this. Now, probably six weeks after I release this episode, some guru is going to tell you, going to sell you a course on how to sell on eBay for five grand, whatever. Folks, it's as simple as I just said it. This episode is 30 minutes long. Anybody can do this and make money. Anybody can do what I'm describing in this episode and make money unless you absolutely don't take any action. Okay. You got to take action. You got to get up off the couch. You got to be okay with people saying no. Just embrace it. Get power from it and go out there and make money. Now, when I wrap up every episode, I want to tell you guys, of course, about our Facebook group. Uh, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. Cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That is our Facebook group. A lot of the people that we have on the show, uh, our guests are on our Facebook group. If you have questions for them, industry experts, industry leaders, you can reach out to them directly through our Facebook group. That's cashflowguys.com forward slash group. Uh, Those of you that want to reach out to me directly, you want to schedule a 30-minute consultation, I can help you through some of the struggles that you're going through. There's no catch. I'm not a real estate guru. Uh, there's no get rich quick and I don't even take credit cards. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. That takes you to my online calendar. I've reserved, uh, Fridays to help people that listen to the show. If you're getting stuck, something's just not computing with you. You just need that little nudge to get you over the edge and get you started. That's how you do it. Pick up the phone. You get on the phone with me. And I'll be more than happy to listen to what you got to say, answer your questions, and I hopefully I can. My goal is to help you get started 
today and get you in the right direction. If it takes giving you a swift kick in the short pants, I have no problem doing that. If you're just having trouble negotiating a deal, I have no problem with that either. So I want to thank you guys for coming out today. And I hope this episode has helped you realize some of the ways that you can start making a little bit of money, start putting towards your investing business. Remember, this business is going to cost you some money to do, whether it be money spent on investing or on on, uh, feeding yourself or paying your bills while you're getting started and taking risks, whatever. You're going to need some money. Don't let people tell you you're not going to need any money. Here's why. Here's one little thing that just came to mind. You know, real estate gurus will sell you a $5,000 course to tell you that you can invest in real estate with no money. You know why they say that that you can do that? Because they already took your $5,000. Invest your money wisely. Invest your money in real estate, in notes, in cash-flowing assets, not some real estate guru. You can do this, but you just have to get started. Thanks for joining me, and we'll catch you on the next episode. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.